South Dakota State star Tucker Craft just looks like he was born to be a Green Bay Packer. So was he? Where did he come from? How did he get to the NFL from playing nine-man football in high school as a Wildcat quarterback, as a running back? Well, there is a lot to this story. And South Dakota State offensive coordinator Zach Lujan, who played with Dallas Goddard at South Dakota State, who knows a thing or two about tight end play, joins us on the show for our newest Rookie Orientation series. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. We have a great show today because Zach Lujan from South Dakota State joins us, the offensive coordinator for the Jackrabbits. He is a big reason. Tucker Craft is a Green Bay Packer right now. So how did how did he get to South Dakota State? And what did he do there that made him an NFL player? Where can he get better? Where is he already NFL quality? His coach will answer all those questions. I mentioned the, the nine-man football part, and that is a remarkable piece of Tucker's story. Um, his coach told me to go back and watch the high school highlights. I I found some Tucker Craft high school highlights. They're as silly as, as you think. From Timberlake, South Dakota. Not exactly a bustling metropolis. And was the first guy to recruit in 2019 or to commit to the 2019 Jackrabbits class. Had opportunities to go elsewhere, including, according to Dane Brugler from The Athletic, Alabama turned down highly lucrative name, image, and likeness deals to stay at South Dakota State and try and win a national championship. Had some issues with injury, but was a three-year starter at South Dakota State and was a huge part of their program. This is a guy who played in line. He's 22 and a half, 6'5", 250 plus. You know I love the dominator ranking. 67th percentile dominator. 69.6 run block rate in 2022, in addition to being a nice number, is great, especially by collegiate standards. He is a ready-made blocker right now. He is huge. He and Luke Musgrave are relatively similar, but when you, in terms of their size, height, weight, but in terms of the way that they're built, Kraft is, is a little bit thicker through his lower body. Um, and that helps him with his blocking. He can move bodies. Um, and he will, he will move because he is always moving his feet on contact, which is something you really, really like. Now, he is also able to create after the catch. Remember, he's a running back, wildcat quarterback in high school. You, you see that on tape. 
There are times when guys just don't want to tackle him. Now, I understand it's a different kind of game at that level. He's not playing in the SEC. He's not playing in the Big Ten. But um, there were some times that he was getting tunnel screens. He's getting jets. Why jet? He is the kind of guy that in college you can build your offense around. And that is exactly what they did. Now, this is where I landed on him as a player. Kraft is a nice player. He's big. He flashes physicality as a blocker and a runner, but he can't threaten teams vertically. Everything for him is going to be schemed up, and I don't really know what the upside there is. Don't let's stay with me on this. He's still young enough to develop some polish, and the frame is nice, but every NFL team or every NFL tight end looks like him. So what am I getting there? Can he help me on special teams? Probably. He's a really nice tight end to blocker type who can catch some schemed up passes off play action. Beyond that, there's not too much to get excited about. Still, he's a nice player. Now, if that's all he was, a nice blocking tight end who can catch schemed up shots in play action and make some plays in the open field, they drafted Luke Musgrave to be your move tight end. You drafted him in the top 50 for him to be the pass catcher. In the third round, you get a good special teams player who gives you some nice value as a, as a tight end to mostly run blocker who has, you know, reliable hands in the passing game. If he turns into <sighs> Richard Rodgers, a better blocking version of Richard Rodgers, that guy's useful. That's a good player on your team. I think he has more upside than that, but there's an addendum to this. I'm just saying, if he, I think the most likely outcome is he's a really nice tight end too who is going to block. And when you throw him the schemed up plays, which this offense is creating for him, he will catch them and he can do something with it. That was, I watched this tape before he tested. I went back, ended up testing really well at the combine, which provides some added excitement about what he can be and what his upside is. May have to go back to the tape. Guess what? I went back to the tape. And I understand it is hard to now go back and, and look at it um, with an objective viewpoint. I didn't go back and watch it until after the Packers um, drafted him. So I went back and rewatched it through a different lens, which is not always the best because just even subconsciously, you're, you're, you're making a case right in your head. You're going, okay, this is how they could use them. It's different. But I think that's interesting in this way. When the Packers watch Tucker Craft, they're thinking about him for the Packers. When I watch these players, I'm I'm thinking of them more in a vacuum now. I think my my Green Bay Packer lens creates its own inherent bias. So like, okay, I don't think he fits perfectly for the Packers. And in my brain, even if I think, okay, he can be a good player, I'm gonna I'm gonna ding him a little bit for that. No, part of that is I'm gonna ding anyone that I think I think has to be that scheme specific. But I do think it's okay to believe, okay, he actually fits better for Green Bay for these reasons because Green Bay took him. So number one, culturally, the fit is impeccable. Um, but I think from a skill set standpoint, you want him to come in and, and give you not the same level of play, but the same kind of role as Mercedes Lewis. He's not going to be as good a blocker as Mercedes Lewis Maybe no one is. And he's the kind of athlete, a 9.68 RAS. But if you look at his actual workouts, none of them are like 
like S tier. He does. He didn't run super fast, high four sixes. He didn't jump super high, 34 inch. No, at 255, that's a nice number. He didn't jump really far in the broad jump, although that was his best, um, highest percentile. But when you put it all together, 7.083 cone is a really nice number. And that's the number. That's the number that made me go, hmm, maybe there's more here to his route running than he gets to see because, or he gets to show because he didn't run that many routes. He just didn't. A lot of them are seam balls or outlets or second reaction plays. They just didn't need to do that. They didn't need to do anything that special with him. He's not running stick nod. He's not running stick China. He's not. And those are these are things that are, uh, you know, core pieces to the higher end tight ends have to be able to do that. Can he? I ask his coach this question. Can he do it? We didn't see it on tape. But that just because he didn't do it doesn't mean he can't do it. But it does add to the risk. If he can do it, then he can be much more than just a nice run blocking tight end too. Then you have two guys potentially who can be matchup problems in the slot out wide. What you love though is these two tight ends. I don't think you can tell the story of one without telling the story of the other. They have complementary skill sets. Kraft is someone who can play 80% of his snaps in line and you're fine. When he gets up to speed, gets a little, you know, technique upgrade, he gets, um, you know, a little stronger probably just to deal with NFL. Like you just want everyone when they get to the NFL to get a little stronger. Very few guys, except for like Miles Garrett. And even he, think about Miles Garrett has done incredible work to his body in the NFL. TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Rashawn Gary, all of these guys, they were, they were powerful players in college. They had to get even bigger, even stronger, even if they didn't get like mass wise bigger. They had to adjust to the NFL. All these rookies are going to have to do that. But he fits the he can be a true why you can put him on the field. And you could run anything. That's great. And the flexibility that he gives you in combination with Luke Musgrave is, I think, part of what is really appealing about him from my standpoint. Now, you don't have to just take my word for it. We get to talk to his offensive coordinator and we get the real the real scouting report from him coming up in just a second. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I have already started making my NFL bets for this year. Do I have a bet to, for the Packers to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I bet them basically every year. And one of these years, it's going to be right. And I'm going to I'm going to feel great about it. Um, now, I haven't bet them every year from time immemorial, but in the last couple of years when they were actual like legitimate Super Bowl teams, I thought it was I was getting good value. And I think right now, 28 to one was getting pretty good value when I made that bet. I, I got them at better than four to one, longer than four to one to win the NFC North on FanDuel. Those have shortened up a little bit. Last time I checked, they are still second. In NFC North odds, and I have the Lions under nine and a half. Go back and listen to our schedule show if you want to hear more about why. And you can go to fandle.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. Visit fandle.com slash locked on to learn more. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Coach, thanks for taking the time. Um, this is 
something where if if all Packer fans know about Tucker Craft is um, what he was wearing on the night of the draft, um, I think they would be all in on on him as a, as a tight end, as a player, whatever it is. But let's go back to your first impressions. This was their first impressions, or for for a lot of them. What was your first impression of him when you finally got to, whether it was meet him or see him on the field? Yeah. So I, first time I remember seeing Tucker was actually at our, our prospect camp going into his senior year. And uh, he's a nine man high school kid, you know, played nine man ball and uh, was their running back. So his first real experience trying to do anything tight end work ever putting his hand in the ground was at camp. And uh, it was, it was a little bit of a learning experience for him, but you could see the potential. You could see the talent right away. Uh, he didn't know how to get out of a three-point stance or in a three-point stance, but he threw him a jump ball and he made the play. So that was kind of cool to see and everything from that standpoint and really just his development as soon as he got here, you know, say, I, I would say kind of, kind of same thing right away, right? Never played the tight end position transition from nine man to 11 man football. Uh, there's a learning curve associated with it, but he he did a great job of buying in and embracing everything. And uh, I think his biggest attribute is just his work ethic. You know, he's not going to be outworked by anybody. He's going to work his ass off to put himself in a position to be successful. And um, <clears throat> not only did he learn the playbook for us, but you know, he, he, we were able to move him around, put him in different positions, do a lot of different things with them and uh, uh, kind of highlight his skill set that way. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a good one. You know, he's going to work his tail off. And obviously you see all the talent in the world. Can we go back for a second? Can you, can you tell me how you knew a nine man running back should be a tight end? <laughs> well, uh, uh, we were talking a little bit before, before we started here, uh, Dallas Goddard was actually another nine man South Dakota high school kid who, uh, played just about everything, but tight end at, at the, at the high school level. And, you know, a lot of times it's a projection, right. With, with, uh, just, just skill set, just, uh, measurables that way. And, um, you know, Dallas kind of laid the, laid the groundwork and Tucker not only followed suit, but, but continued to plow ahead with everything that way. So if you want to look up something comical, look up, look up his high school highlights and they're on there somewhere. And, uh, uh, you can see him, you know, he, he's a head taller than everybody else on the field and at least 50 pounds more too. So, um, and, and I think you can see it on tape, right? When he gets the ball in his hands, he can make a play. He's not, he's not going to run around anybody, but he will run away from guys. He will run through guys. He has good vision with the ball in his hands. There were times not, not many college football tight ends go six, five, two fifty that get run tunnel screens for them. <laughs> how did you, how did you go about saying, okay, now, once he starts to play go, okay, how do we, how do we maximize his skill set? What was the process like of saying, okay, how do we, how do we implement stuff for him? Well, you know, you said it exactly right. Um, not too many people in college football have his skill set, so we wanted to maximize it as much as possible and get him the ball as in any way possible. So whether it's a tunnel screen, uh, you know, we gave him a few jet sweeps over the years, mm-hmm. uh, throwing him the ball in the flat, or obviously, you know, the vertical passing game is where I think he he he's really special and can continue to excel that way. Uh, it's how do we use this 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 weapon and in as many ways as possible and uh, get the ball in his hands and let let him make us look good. What is a player like that? Um, we, we talk about this a lot with, with Matt LaFleur's offense, the Kyle Shanahan tree, and now just modern offense in general. When you have a player who can sit in line and block yep. and actually be an asset for you, not just not just get in the way, can actually block. Um, if you look up his highlight reel on YouTube, whoever put that together, the top result, there are like four or five blocks on there. And that's just like not a thing you normally see with tight ends. 
at the college level, but he can, he can split out. He can play why he can be the X receiver for you on the backside of a concept. If you want him to be as, as someone who is getting to put together the game plans and, and design what the offense is going to look like, what is, what does that give you as, as a coach? Well, first and foremost, with him as a run blocker, it gives you a, a sense of security, you know, kind of having a sixth offense alignment in there at times with how dominant he is at the point of attack. Uh, but more than anything, it's just the versatility, right? You know, uh, we, we can split him out wide. We can do some different things that way where he's lined up as a receiver. He's in the backfield, whatever it is. So a defense can't say this personnel grouping, this is what we're going to see, you know, which allows, uh, generally speaking, you to get more generic base looks and everything. And uh, allows him to maximize himself as a weapon too, being able to play the single X receiver, being able to line up in line or split out or anywhere in between. Sure. And, and uh, that's, that's what he, uh, where he has a lot of experience. And I think where he'll continue to grow and provide a lot of value is the position multiplicity and uh, being able to do a lot of different things that way. There was reporting that Tucker had the opportunity. Some big schools came calling some big time NIL money. Teams like Alabama were like, Hey, come, come talk to us he decided to stay. And so was there, was there ever a conversation about that? What was, I mean, what was that experience like going through that with him? Yeah. Uh, there were several experiences like that and several conversations with him about that whole process. And, uh, you know, that's more Tucker's story to tell quite frankly, but, but from my perspective, it was, what do you want out of your experience? Uh, you know, you do everything you're going to, you're, we're going to ask you to do, and you're going to put yourself in a position to play on Sundays and make a ton of, of money that way. What do you want from your experience uh, with, with the rest of it? And, you know, where, where, where I tip my hat to him is uh, he wanted to win a national championship with his brothers, with his teammates, with the guys he came in with and, and built this pro help build this program with. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It says a lot about uh, probably the intangible aspect of him as well. And, you know, it wasn't an easy season for him when you take the injury aspect into account too, you know, he missed what six or seven games that way. And, uh, you know, he was, it, and was on a pitch count when he came back right away. So, uh, kind of took, took a little bit to, to get him back to where we wanted him to be fully. And, you know, I think you see the last couple of games of the season, the national semifinal game and championship game, he, he was as dominant player as there was on the football field. One thing, um, that I noticed watching him is, um, a lot of what he's able to do is threaten the seam vertically. You mentioned his ability as a vertical um, pass catcher. What do you think about him in, in terms of being able to win one-on-one -on -one matchups with defensive backs in the NFL? He wasn't asked. You guys didn't ask him because mostly because he didn't need to run a lot of really nuanced routes and try and get open one V one. He's he can go be a ball winner for you and all that stuff. But Talk to me about that, that development, that progress that you think he can make, or maybe you think it's already there. You just didn't need him to do it. Yeah. I think throughout his career, he showed the ability to go up and get, get high point the football, um, which is exactly what you're saying from some of that stuff uh, uh, where he'll take a jump and where he needs to continue to grow with some of the nuanced route running, you know, some of the stick China routes and things like that, that just weren't a big part of our offense that way. Uh, but he has the ability to do, and that's going to be the exciting thing. Uh, I know from the Packers, standpoint is is uh as good as he is there's still so much upside and untapped potential that way where uh really the sky's the limit for him and he has the ability to do all that kind of stuff and he's going to work his tail off to put himself in a position to do so let's go back a second so he comes in from nine-man football mm -hmm. running back which still blows my mind um and you get to see him the first couple practices do you remember the first time you saw him with your guys at south dakota state and you went Okay, 
this is this is something different uh so i remember in camp you know we do like a uh the hoop drill right it's more or less a figure eight and he was going against a slot receiver that uh we had offered and you know generally speaking a slot receiver is going to excel in that stuff you know they're, yeah. they're more agile they can bend they can run and uh uh however it worked out we got a matched up against tucker and and tucker tucker not only won but won by like two or three steps so i was like okay this kid is a little bit different <laughs> When, when the pads came on in fall camp that year, um, you know, our D line coach tried to steal him to play some defensive end because you could see the physicality and the bend right away. Um, that that's just God given ability that way. And, and, uh, again, there was a learning curve coming from nine man to 11 man football. So th- there were some bumps in the road that first, that first fall. But once he really, uh, started to, to grasp the offense and understand things, he really took off and, and maximized himself that way. So, we hear a lot. And in fact, we had Jermichael Finley, um, former Packers tight end on the show last week to talk about the adjustment that it it requires from um, college to the NFL at tight end, because you have to learn all the route concepts, all of the passing game and all of the running game. What is what is the case for you as a coach saying I, that that Tucker can can make that jump relatively quickly? Why would you believe he could do it? Well, I think uh, our offense and and what he's been asked to do in college and college was going to allow him to uh, reach that ceiling so much faster. You know, he's not uh, he's huddled up. Um, he, he's done a lot of shift trade motion. Um, we've put him in different positions. We've he he understands conceptual football and what we're trying to accomplish, especially from a run game standpoint and box count and all that type of stuff. Uh, where I think he's a lot more advanced and further ahead than probably uh, the, the average college football player transition in the NFL that way. So uh, there's still going to be a learning curve associated with it. I'm not saying there's not, uh, but I think what, what he was asked to do in college and the multiplicity of everything complexity that, that uh, we have in our offense is going to allow him to, to hit those goals a little bit sooner than the average person. Tell me something I might not expect about Tucker craft, the person. Um, well, you mentioned his draft party video and stuff. So he's, he's a little bit of a goofball at times and has a great time that way. But, uh, um, I do kind of expect that I have to be honest, <laughs> uh, something you don't expect. Um, I, I guess more than anything, what I would say to continue what a, what a, a student of the game he is and wants to be, he would come in my office every day, every day during the summer last year and drop a different route concept or, uh, some creative way to get the tight end, the ball and feature him that way. And some, you know, formations where it's like uh, some tackle over stuff and, uh, uh, to get the defense to kick their front and all that type of stuff. So I think that more than anything speaks to how, how he wants to be not just good, but great at the end of the day and, uh, everything that way. I love that example. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so as you think about, what he can be in, in green Bay in the, in the pros, how would you, if, if Matt LaFleur called, maybe Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. did call and said how, and if he did, I'd like to know. Um, but let's say Matt LaFleur calls and says, Hey, how do you think we should, we should ease him into this offense? What are the things that you think are, are best for him right away? Whether it's a concept, whether it's, it's an assignment, what are the ways that you think he could, you could best ease him into an NFL offense? Well, I think some of the things um, schematically in the passing game, th- there are some similarities. You know, we mentioned like the stick China route specifically. I know that's a huge part of, of the NFL passing game. Well, he's run a ton of stick routes throughout his life, you know, throughout his career that way. 
and the the you know the the deep crossing routes that type of stuff. He he's done that his entire career. Uh, so I think that's the and from a passing standpoint the easiest thing uh, that way you know with everything. And then in, in the run game, get him at the point of attack. You know that that's where he's at his best. And and uh, he understands run counts, but more than anything else, at that point it's just one on one, you know, mono mono type stuff. And uh, that's that's where he does an excellent job. And uh, to be honest, I think that's that's just good coaching for a young guy in general. Uh, try to simplify things and let him play as fast as possible and, and allow it to be a one-on-one matchup or a simple route concept that he understands and has a bunch of bank preps at. So the Packers drafted Luke Musgrave uh, around mm-hmm. ahead of Tucker. Um, and there's some, you know, pictures of them at, at Packer camp and they they seem to be having a great time. They both have the six inch inseam shorts on for whatever reason, and <laughs> letting, letting the quads breathe a little bit, but how do you think he's going to um, react to that? Because it's going to be competition. Those two guys are going to be battling for their roles in this offense. So how do you think he's going to react to that? Uh, I think he'll respond really well. Um, you know, we, we've had, we have another tight end on our roster who's been an all-conference tight end, first team, second team, all-conference, all that type of stuff. And and him and Tucker were, were good friends, you know. Uh, they not only competed against each other, but what I appreciate as a coach and what I'm sure – uh, the Packers organization will as well is those guys were able to talk and bounce ideas off of each other. You know, they're able to grow together and, and everything that way. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer as is, I think just about everybody that competition brings out the best in people, but you know, it's gotta be healthy competition as well. You know, you can't be undermining the person or, or uh, come at them that way and with anything and you got to push them to be better, which will allow yourself to be better. And I think he'll do a great job of that because he, he has experience with that and, a lot of the 12 personnel, 12 personnel sets and everything that way as well. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to see those two guys on the field at the same time. You mentioned Dallas Goddard. I want to, I want to close with, with that because you had the opportunity to both play with and be a graduate assistant as a coach with him. It's going to be easy for people to say, Oh, well there, there are these similarities. Where do you see similarities and where do you see potential differences there? Yeah, I think you just look at them, you see similarities, right? I mean, both are, yeah. are five or so, 250-ish, you know, from, from that standpoint, there's not a lot of people got put on this earth that size and uh, uh, everything that way. And then just being in our offense, there's a ton of similarities of what we asked them to do. Uh, I, I would say Dallas is a little bit more natural in space where Tucker's more of a brawler. You know, Tucker wants to play the big physical game and uh, Dallas is very nuanced when he gets the ball in space and able to make guys miss as well that way. Not that Tucker can't, but uh, I think he wants to be more of a, a, a brawler in a bar fight type type game. And that's that's where he uh, that's where he excels and, uh, you know, wants to maximize his, his himself that way with his strength and power and all that stuff. I think that is going to endear uh, Packer fans to him, a brawler in a bar fight. That is exactly what you want out of your tight end. He's got to get the facial hair game up, though, to get to Dallas's level. He's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, Tucker changes his facial hair pretty regularly. You'll, you'll see the chops. You'll see the handlebar mustache. You'll see the full beard. He, he, he's he got that all in his repertoire there. Oh, he's got a he's got a whole route tree with the beard. He can do it all. Wow. Awesome. Coach, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. All right, thanks to Coach Luan for joining the show. Awesome to talk to him. Um, really love talking to these coaches because I know they they won't always give you the 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 dirty details. You know, if someone is a bad guy or you know, but but you can tell. You can tell when you talk to the coaches when they're being genuine. You can tell when their face lights up. I mean, we were, you know, Zach and I talked 
for 10 minutes before we recorded and 15 minutes after we recorded. And he just was was raving about this guy. And I was just I, I even asked him, I said, he said, do you, anything else you want to know? I said, is anything else you want to tell me off the record? And he I, I, he I guess he asked anything you want to ask off the record. And I, I, you know, I can't share any of those details, but I can say. There's no there's no like secret here. There's no red flags. There's nothing like waiting in the wings. This is a really good kid, and I'm really excited to see him in Green Bay. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow with our Aaron Rodgers series. The biggest moments from Aaron Rodgers' career. We're going to be doing these all spring and summer long, and we kick it off with Jermichael Finley, who was there, who was a huge part of Aaron Rodgers' playoff debut in an absolute classic of a playoff game a heartbreaker for the Packers, but it was Aaron Rodgers with the most auspicious playoff debut at the time in NFL history. That's coming up this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, you can do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers. 